Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which Police Radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. This is another episode from the Wonders of the Internet, which is where we all live now. Uh, although things are starting to get better, we all still live online. And the guest on this show is someone who... Uh, it's funny because, I mean, I've talked to you about other projects. And this... It seems like the band we're here to talk about today, it always seems to me like that's your main band. And we haven't actually technically done a show on the podcast about the Uglies. So... Um, I think the best way to kind of start this whole thing off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about this particular project, because I know you have a lot of things going on. Oh, yeah. Well, hi, I'm Brendan. Uh, Sam, thanks for having me on. This is this is awesome. So, so yeah, as you said, I mean, this is kind of like, uh, you know, uh, we it, I have lots of stuff going on and whatnot, but the Uglies, uh, funny enough, it's kind of the main the main gig, yeah. Uh, just in terms of what I do for for local playing local music and stuff, and uh, it's basically just five best friends playing punk rock. That's that's kind of the the idea. That's what it's always sort of been. So cool, yeah, cool. When I have the record, I've been listening to it. I have a lot of questions for you about the record, but before we even get into any of that, I feel like you know this is a show that really goes for the the hard news. So I need to ask you about the Red Lobster thing because. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, when I saw that you were um, releasing this album at a Red Lobster parking lot, I initially, I initially misread it and thought you were actually playing at Red Lobster. And uh, You know, a lot of people did think that, right? Uh, yeah, that, that's funny because just a lot of people were like, hey, so you, are you guys actually going to be playing? Like, yeah. And we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're just idiots and we're going to be camping out here for a couple hours. Why Red Lobster? Like of all the places to release, you know, to, all the parking lots in the city to release a record, why that one? Well, I, I mean, we all grew up on Happy Gilmore. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Just kids in the 90s. And, and obviously in Happy Gilmore, I mean, the Red Lobster kind of plays an integral uh, role in the film. <laughs> and, and there's something about, like, I think just, in, it's funny, I was talking with um, with my buddy there, Steve-O, Steve yep. Nelson. Yep. And uh, just in terms of, like, restaurants that I find hilarious, I would probably put the Red Lobster on the top of the list. But, like, other restaurants that make the cut, Applebee's, I find that restaurant funny. Didn't, um, didn't Steve work at Applebee's for like a hundred years? <laughs> yeah, he managed. That's apparently, right, yeah. he managed the one on Pemina there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what's another one? The Olive Garden. I find that restaurant funny too. <laughs> no, Olive Garden and Red Lobster. You got those right beside each other. Too. And they're right beside each other. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that restaurant is like. Um, we were contemplating ordering it from Skip the Dishes one night, but the dishes, man, are like almost like twenty-five to thirty bucks per pasta plate. Really? Eh? Ridiculous! It's yeah, gone up, anyway. it's gone up. Prices, things have changed. Yeah, since since the nineties yeah, yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's why the Red Lobster. Just because, like, I guess on the uh, on the album or whatever, um, we're trying to kind of throw in some Sandler references. Obviously, there's a song called you know Jackass or 
or Caddyshack, which is a different golf movie, but golf sure. is hilarious. And within that, I mean, this Red Lobster thing just seemed really funny. Did I noticed that uh, the reason I think I thought it was happening at Red Lobster is because you had the Red Lobster logo like right in the post. <laughs> I assume Red Lobster <laughs> didn't give you any backlash about it, eh? Oh, no, no, that's just Shane. He's really good. Uh, he, he probably threw that thing together in like half a second yeah. because that's, you know, the kind of guy that he is. But yeah, it, it looked pretty legit, did it, it did. not? It did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I had to get that out of the way at the beginning of the interview here because I thought it was hilarious. But um, totally. the record itself, um, Something's in the Water, how long had it been since the last album? Like it had been a few years, right, between between records? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we we started recording this one in... Like, some of these songs we, we were playing in, like, 2016. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we, we were recording this thing for about four years, it seemed like. Uh, I think we did the drums in 2017. Oh, wow. So it's been it's been a while. It's been in the works for... Oh, yeah. Like, when you and I were... Ha- you might, you're, I, here, you're here. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> when we did that hang, uh, when we met up at the jam space at the Goodwill there, yeah. I remember talking about it, and, and like lots of this stuff was done at that point. Okay, you so know? It's, it's been in the works for a while. So what what took so long? What was the reason behind? It? Is it just everyone involved in other projects, or not really that? I I think just it, that's sort of a, just every little puzzle piece. Um, I you know I'll 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 keep it polite here, but I don't I, I'll dare I say shit show. Yeah. You know, just like. The drums, okay. Then the guitars, and Shane recorded the whole the whole thing, which was nice because it gave us that that t- like we were able to kind of take our time. Yeah. And in hindsight, I think it turned out um, really well because of that. Lots of time to you know uh, dot our T's and cross our eyes, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you well, know what I mean? Well, when listen, so the first time I listened to it, when, you, when I got the copy, I dropped off my house, which is great. Thank you. Um, I listened to it. I was doing other stuff. I'm like, this is a, this is a good punk rock record, and you know. I liked it, but I was kind of occupied with other stuff. Then I listened yep. to it again, and I was like, this is a really good punk rock record. And then I listened to it a few more times, and it, it seems like there's just... There's so much happening on this album. It's not It's not just... I mean, there, there's hooks, like you would expect from this kind of uh, this kind of music. But, I mean, you have strings in there, you have a choir, and it seems like the songs... And I don't, know if, I don't know if this is a factor of just having that extra time... Are a lot more complex than maybe one would expect uh, on the surface from a punk band. Yeah, well, that means a lot, man. That's, I mean, that's kind of the idea, I guess. Um, I think, like, what I try to do with, like, every second song, like, I'm a, like, major propaganda fan. So, like, you listen to their tunes, they're not, they don't really go, you know, uh, intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like, they kind of, there's some songs where, you know, like, there won't be, like, a repeating part. It has to fit the story of the song or the lyrics, more importantly than the uh, structure, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So try, tried emphasis on try, but tried to do that for a few of the tunes, um, and and yeah, there was just so much time to kind of think about things, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's basically that, I guess. Does this um, does any inspiration for that come from your previous record, the the one we talked about last time, the Plymouth Breeze album, which was also very layered and also had a lot of um, maybe unexpected for a punk record parts. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, um, that was just kind of like a quick little thing, and but I, I would I would probably say for sure. Um, but yeah, just just trying to throw in like I guess on that I had uh, my my buddy Barry play some cello, so it was kind of like taking taking that idea, but it's like trying to how can we make that idea cooler? You yeah. know, like why not have a, a a big ending where there's you know a crap ton of winds and and do this big choir thing? So. 
in hindsight, it, it's definitely, you know, I mean, we're super proud of it. It's, it's kind of like, whoa, as if we pulled it off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause right now, especially with COVID, I mean, 30, 40 person choir, <laughs> it's not going to happen, you know? So it, it, it was kind of like, oh man, we just kind of got in with our foot in the door in hindsight. Yeah, that's good. The timing, I guess, sort of worked out for, for, for once for somebody with COVID. Like, everyone's co- COVID has screwed up everyone else's schedules, but this this long in the works process, I guess, it actually kind of. That's a super funny thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's really funny? A joke is like, because three of these dudes are like, they, they got the careers going on, but uh, Cody and I are, we're kind of, we're still students, but. Yeah. Uh, it, we, we'd we'd have to give our our Mr. Justin Trudeau a shout out for for those uh, those Serb checks, because <laughs> because I mean we got it mixed and mastered at a place called the Blasting Room. Yeah, that's and, all that. that's uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah, that that cost it was a, it was super expensive, but but that was a joke that Ryan cracked. Like, thank you, Mr. Trudeau, for your your Serb allowance. So. But I mean that that getting a mix and master there that place has like a, just a crazy uh, resume uh, of albums they've worked on like you know over the last few decades. What oh, what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I know why you'd want to do it there, but how important was it to sort of get that kind of pedigree uh, on the songs that you were working on? Oh, dude, it was. Um, I remember I was hanging out at Shane's place, and uh, we'd been toying around with this idea for a really long time, but it kind of seemed uh, like it seemed very out of reach. It's yeah. like kind of thing where it's like if we even send the email are these guys gonna even get back to us um so i remember shane sent the email and then we got a text message from from shane and it was bill stevenson wow say hey shane it was i mean like obviously descendants right so we're kind of of black flag and everything else yeah 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 so i mean obviously it's a business and and they're for hire it was expensive but but in hindsight getting that first like it was kind of like when we were getting these mixes because they'd fire out about two a day oh wow uh it was kind of like the uh it was like just something like to look forward to every day like hearing going hearing a mix like that is kind of like going from like duck hunt to virtual reality it was like oh you know it really rocked my socks off so it was it was i couldn't say enough about it it was just such a cool experience you know yeah, and that, that, I mean, that's like a, a really good thing to have in the credits of your record too, right? Like, I mean, if someone's looking up online and they see that, it's like, well, this is, uh, I mean, I know they're for hire and I know that they'll, you know, you can pay them to do your album for them, but it's still like, you're in a punk band, you got that guy involved in what you're doing. It's It, it means a lot, I think, to, to people who know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely, right? I mean, they their their discography is, is it's crazy. It's, the list is massive, right? Yeah. You suck, you jackass.
I mean, it's out. You put it out kind of at the end of the pandemic, hopefully. I mean, things seem to be sort of uh, getting Ooh, better, I maybe. Hope, maybe. But uh, what's sort of the next step now? Like, you probably can't have uh, a release show like you maybe would have wanted to um, in different times. So what's the, what, what's the plan going forward with this? Now you have this album out. How do you kind of push it to, to, to listeners? Well, yeah. So, so zero delusions of grandeur. I mean, I think it is what it is. I, I mean... We haven't just because of COVID, like we haven't even jammed in so long. So I I, it, there's yeah. no expectations for this thing. But I guess it would be cool to do like a like a CD release. Like, uh, and I'm already kind of scheming. It's like ah, you know, it'd be, maybe this would be fun to do again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so I I could probably you know the the hamster wheel's spinning so to speak. But uh, yeah, there's there's no real plans actually. Um, it would be. I think it would be fun to do like a CD release party or something. But curious to see where it all goes. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the reception been so far? Like, I mean, I, when I posted that I had a copy of it, I got a bunch of people saying, "Oh, this album's great. I love it." And it's all the usual suspects, right, from the local local scene. Who, you know, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna dig it, right? But what has the kind of broader uh, reaction been to people who've heard it from people who've heard it? Yeah. Um... I don't know. I in in terms of it, I think what would be cool it'd be cool uh, if it could like catch on. If we could get it on like a punk site or something. Yeah. Um, when we did our first EP, uh, this this site called Dying Scene did oh, yeah, a little yeah. right. Another site, yeah. And uh, but it was crazy. Like just from that alone, I mean, there was suddenly people on our Bandcamp page because I feel like uh, in 2016-15, Bandcamp was a little. Um, it was a bit of a bigger deal, but uh, people were, were like buying it online and stuff. So I'm. I, it would be cool to kind of. To, to have it kind of get outside of the, the the city, so to speak, but but like I said, there, there's no expectations there. But that that's kind of the dream. Yeah, I, mean, I, I hope that happens too, of course. But what I'm wondering is, you know, you're saying there's no expectations, but then you did shell out the money to get it done by these big name. You know, <laughs> you get it mixed yeah, and yeah. mastered by having Bill Stevenson involved. Like, what um, if you if there's if you're not worried about like how it's received. Why put that much effort in and all these years of work into it? I'm glad you did because it's a really good album. But what was sort of the, the, what's, a, the 
Like, why do it? Why do it if you don't care if anyone hears it, right? You know what I mean? Like, what? Save your money, boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I think it's honestly just because we grew up on that fat record stuff. Yeah. So it's it, honestly the, the real reason, Sam, is just um, total bucket list thing. So it's more so it, it's if it people do, you know, listen to it cool but it's yeah. more so like it's the kind of thing where i'm happy with it to the point where in 10 years time i think i will feel the same way whereas sometimes you know we get a little sick of of this or that and and i think just like when you when you kind of shell out for a product like that um it it, it just it, it's it's heightened a little bit you know what i mean sure well, yeah, it's something that you, that you know you put this much time and work and effort into it and money into it that yeah. it's uh, yeah it's gonna hold up. Whereas something you recorded in your basement maybe dashed off in a week might not might not have the same. Oh, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. So who, who, what is um? I think I probably asked you this before too, but I, I always wonder like when someone's putting out a record like this, which like we said, it has a lot more going on than just just a punk rock album, but it does have very much, like you're talking about the Fat Records stuff, it has those 90s kind of vibes to it, for sure. Like, you know, those influences are very clear uh, when listening to it. What is the ongoing appeal of that stuff for you? Like, why does that stuff still hit uh, 20, 30 years later? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Because it it's does for me, too. Of... It does for me, too. I love it, too. But I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. That, that, I don't know if it's just nostalgia or there's something specific about it that it just kind of always works. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's basically it was it was kind of the first love. Um, it, it's just kind of ingrained in my brain. No matter how much I want to, you know, listen to this or that, I always come back to it. You know, and I'm sure, surely you could you could probably totally. feel the same way about whatever it is, right? Um, so that's the quick. It's just, I think, growing up, uh, like I remember, uh, I you know, you're you're a wee bit older than I am. I think so, yeah. But <laughs> when I was. Uh, so when I was nine years old, I mean, I heard like Enema of the State, right? You okay. know, Blink-182, I mean, they're whatever. But that that record kind of stuck with me. And then getting into that then brought me into like no effects and all that stuff. So just like it was a really exciting thing. And yeah. I think also like getting into guitar playing at the same time, it's like, oh, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of cool. You can learn these songs. So it was just a really exciting time. So, so I think that that Fat Wreck thing is just going to be kind of, you know, ingrained in my brain until whether i like it or not kind of thing you know yeah yeah well it's like that thing that where, where you um listen to music at a certain age and no matter what that music is when you were between the ages of x and y it's always gonna be the best thing ever for you and i, I think that makes sense too is that people like I, I do that i mean you know i'm almost 40 now and like the stuff in the early 90s to mid 90s that's just like my favorite music of all time no matter how much different stuff i listen to now and it's my my tastes have very much changed but you put on like a soundgarden tape I said tape, but there we go, right? But like, you put on a Soundgarden <laughs> record, and uh, yeah. and just, uh, automatically I'm like, okay, this is amazing, I'm listening to it. And it's just because, yeah, like when I was 12, 13, whatever, I was listening to Super Unknown, right? So it's it's, it's the same yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you so when you were growing up, uh, what was what was that stuff for you? It would have been like the grunge stuff, and then the into the stuff, kind yeah. of, uh, I guess like, um, uh. And I'll come the wolves, like you know the, the, that kind of era, ah, and punk and, like, and stuff. I was, like, yeah, I was like, when are we getting into the ska tonight? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ska stuff was high school. The ska stuff because that was like you know uh, I guess mid to late nineties that was happening, right? So that was high school, and yeah, yeah, that stuff was. Um, but that, that so, came from, so was rancid the gateway drug. Kind of. This is, I, I have always had to talk about Scott, so let's just do it. Um, <laughs> Rancid, well, we did this last we did time. Last I was time. thinking, I, I was like, I wonder how long we could make it until we get into the Scott stuff. Yeah, no, a friend of mine said he does a drinking game with my show where he like takes a drink every time I mention Scott or reggae on the show. So it must happen a lot. <laughs> but um, no, uh, 
Rancid was definitely like that album was definitely a gateway drug. But also, um, I listened to a bunch of reggae and uh, two tone stuff because my dad is from England and he brought all those records with him. So I had Madness oh, cool. and stuff and all the all, you know and a bunch of reggae things as well because it's so huge over there. So I was already kind of primed for it as a kid. And then when I started hearing those same sounds in, in Rancid, No Effects, and all these bands, it was like, oh, this is obviously I'm gonna like this, you know. Yeah, well, there was a ton of great stuff coming out. I like that Hellcat record. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like the Flackers and Hepcat and all, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that, how cool you had Vic Ruggiero at your house. That's that's yeah, insane. That, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Not to 
stray too far from the the ugly. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Sorry, man. No, sorry, no, we, sorry. We, we can do this. Uh, I'm do bad this. for that, by the way. I you you know you'll notice with me, it's like ooh, shiny things. So yeah. you gotta you gotta reel me in. I won't take offense to it. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do. We can do this all day. But uh, I was just thinking <laughs> of Hellcat Records and 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 sort of music that that influences you. That that first given the boot compilation, I think for a lot of people. It took them in so many directions. Like, there's so many bands that got into like street punk stuff and ska and reggae and yep. like just some of the because uh, it was such a diverse you know I had Dropkick Murphys and the Slackers and Hepcat and the Scatolites and and Rancid and everything else on it and it was just so uh, so I think it's like the Fat Records compilations too. Those things were so huge that people got turned on so much stuff back in the day. Yeah, it's crazy. So I so on my uh, my little radio show there, um, Stevo and I we've been um, we're getting back to it next week, nice. but. We're trying to hit um, basically every year with fat records, so we've been having a crap ton of fun, and it's been really neat to like revisit that stuff. Yeah, uh, and especially you're right, like these. Con- it's funny, like you know, I I, I, I totally miss miss that. I, I know you're like you know you're you're a big physical format guy, but I I, I miss like that getting these compilations, and that's how you discovered these bands and. You know, then you go out, save up your cash. Ooh, I like this. Yep. Gonna buy this record. It, it was a really exciting thing. I still kind of do that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> that actually brings me to a good question, though. Is like, okay, so that era is unfortunately sort of gone, right? The way people consume music is totally different. There are people like me who are still getting physical copies, but for the most part, people are streaming or, or, or however they're doing it, Spotify, whatever, right? So how yeah. do you get your band heard above the... Because now you're not just competing with all the bands in the record store. You're competing with all the bands in the world ever, right? <laughs> people can access. Right. So what's kind of the... I mean, have you figured out a way, you know, whether it's through this project or others, to sort of like... Oh, how do you get yourself heard? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like I said, we're... This is... Uh, it's a pretty Bush League operation here. So if you got any ideas, please let me know. <laughs> How do you feel about yeah. that stuff, though? How do you feel about streaming and, and the way that your music is kind of being made available uh, to people? And the reason I ask this, too, is because listening to this record, um, it kind of works start to finish. Like, it ends on a big, it ends on a really big note, right? Like, the, the whole album kind of, yeah. it builds to the ending, and it the ending is, the last last couple, last song there was got two parts and everything, and like, it's, you know, um, so... People well, I appreciate because that that was the, that was the goal. So that's that's really cool to hear. So yeah, thank people you. People aren't going to listen to it like that, though, right? I mean, I'm sitting there with a CD in my CD <laughs> player that doesn't even have a fast forward button, so I have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> but you know, nice. the average person on, on Spotify, they're going to sort of pick and choose, or or even just get whatever random song comes up. So is it difficult to? Well, I guess how, how do you feel about the fact that someone's going to listen to something you put all this time and money and effort into, and they might not are likely not going to listen to it the way it was intended to be listened to. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I guess the quick answer would be, uh, it is what it is. It's unfortunate. It's a, it's a dying breed, this whole, uh, album thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. And, and my thoughts on the whole streaming thing, like I'm, I'm guilty as charged. Like I used to kind of talk a lot of smack about it. Even, um, like when I started my radio show, I was like, well, cause I was going into the station mm-hmm. Only vinyl and, and CD, but the reality is when I do my radio show now, everything's getting lifted off Spotify. It's just kind of what it is, man. So I'm, it's, it is quite sad. I'm, I'm very, what do you think? Where do you think it's all going to head? I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, I don't have that much experience listening to stuff on streaming services. We have, like, my wife has Spotify, and we have these yeah. little Google Home things. So um, there was a time, like, our basement flooded a few months ago, and I had to work upstairs oh, all my records had to be moved to another house to my parents place like in storage you know while we were fixing the basement so for a while i had no music so i would sit there working and while i'm working i like to listen to music and i'd be home by myself and i would just yell at this google thing 
to play music for me. But ah, yes. hey all, Google. Yeah. All <laughs> I could think about though was just the same stuff that I always like. I didn't I didn't experience anything new. I just said, hey Google, play Bad Brains, and then I would listen to Bad Brains for like you know eight hours in a row, and then the next day I'd be like, uh, play Bad Brains. You know. <laughs> so so uh, I think that the, the the benefits of this kind of uh, you know all music available at your fingertips thing, I didn't really do it right. <laughs> just kind of right. listen to the same shit I always would be listening to anyway. Hey, here's a question, because you, you have some wee ones, right? Yeah, I got two kids, yeah. Now, what, like, for them, when it comes to music, like, like what, like, just, like, it's funny, because being a guitar teacher, yeah. um, sometimes when you ask kids, like, what do you listen to, it's a, it, they, they don't even know what the hell you're talking about. They're like, oh, like, they, they, have, they have no idea what they listen to. Yeah, it's, like, weird stuff from YouTube, and they don't even know the artist's names, and then when they tell me the artist's names, I have no idea what it is, and they play it for me, and I can't even identify the genre. But, like, it's just, like, the way of discovering stuff is so different now, right? Yeah, well, I'm assuming you being the cool dad, uh, you know, you're, you're probably trying to, to throw some stuff at them and, and I try to. Hey, check this out. They, they yeah. hear it in the car anyway, like, whatever I'm kind of forcing on them, yeah. <laughs> but like their buddies and stuff like what are what are these kids what are these darn kids listening to i don't know uh i think that i'm gonna find out sooner rather than later because my oldest is in middle school so um yeah. that was the same age i was when i started a band for the first time right so um i i feel like that's kind of the era that a lot of kids sort of really get into music if they're going to really get into music so i'm sure i'll be getting requests to buy tickets for such and such show at some point in the next ah, couple yeah. of years and then i'll really get, get a taste for what the hell it even is because yeah i don't i don't pretend to understand what this new stuff is is even about totally totally but where um like if people want to get a copy of this, obviously it's on the streaming services. Are you? Are you? I like how you refer to the uh, the CDs as coasters, which is great. Coasters. Because that's how a lot of people use them, right? But um, what's the best way to What's the best way to hear it? Where, where should people go if they want to hear this? Like, is Bandcamp your preferred choice uh, because you get actually some money out of it, or? Um, no, I would say just hop on. I I jokingly call them uh, Crapple Music or Snotify. Yeah. Get on there. Stream the album that way. We were joking it'd be funny to do like the Red Lobster thing, like um, make it like a recurring event, like a Sunday service kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, church, yeah. church of the Uglies. What would you do every week though? Oh, we'd just show up and loiter and, and have a cooler full of beer like we did the other time. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. But especially during a pandemic, you could sell CDs that way. People know where you're going to be if they want to buy a physical well, copy, right? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, global pandemic, terrible thing, but it, it has um, allowed for, you know, no one, like, in terms of people, if people see a bunch of guys drinking beer in a parking lot, I feel like we, we've we kind of, uh, you know, that, that you see that happening a little more often, just yeah. with the whole not being able to, to go anywhere or do anything kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, like, I was biking down waterfront, and man, everyone's drinking booze. It, it's, everyone's walking around with open liquor. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a thing now. Well, it was always a thing, I guess, but now, yeah, no. Now it's a little bit more yeah. of a thing because you can't do anything else, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Taste. 
Sorry, um, just what's going? Because I'm, I'm this summer. I'm working at St. James. Okay. Uh, or sorry, at Deer Lodge over in St. James. Yeah. What is up with the people? Like I have had, in terms, like I, I try and bike there to to my to my gig every day. And I there was one day I had three of the closest calls in my life off of Ness. Yeah. What is going on over there with the drivers? Yeah, or is that is it is it just me? Because no, I was like, it's, it's people brutal. are crazy. It's brutal. The, the Ness has always got like, uh, and Ness is a shit show right yeah. now. Well, there's so much construction and potholes and things like that, and it's uh, it's just absolutely crazy for sure. But no, uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen people get hit on Ness. Like, it's just it's, I don't know. I something in the water, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And I felt really bad, man, because this was about three weeks ago. I was zipping on my bike, and I was on the sidewalk, and I see a guy with two kids, and I was like, oh no. Cause I kind of came out of nowhere and I, and I dodged it and get, and guess who it was, Sam? It was, it was you. <laughs> and as I was biking past you, I was like, Oh no, I, I was, uh, it was funny. Cause it was right before I was planning to message you about being on the show. Yeah. 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 So I, so I was, I'm okay. I was hoping I didn't take you off. No, I didn't know. I didn't even recognize you, but uh, no, it's good. I'm, I'm around. I'm always, I'm always, always around, right? <laughs> so Fair enough. one more thing I want to ask you before we wrap this up is I was looking at the, I mean, you know, obviously again, I got the CD here, but you probably can't see because of the background, but um, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have the liner notes in it, but you posted them on uh, Instagram. And what is the deal with the Sherman's Lagoon guy? Oh man. Um, that was an idea that Shane had. And, uh, so yeah, when it the, the artwork I was talking earlier about like all the little puzzle pieces that went into yeah. putting this thing. So our friend Noah, he drew up the uh, the front cover for this one and our last EP. You can tell the and, style's and, the same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was the kind of kid like you know in, in grade eight if you went you got up to take a leak and you come back and you look at your notebook there'd be all sorts of uh, you know male anatomy on your on your sport <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyways, he 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 kind of went MIA, so we were thinking, uh, how who's gonna do the artwork? So um, Shane had a couple ideas, and one guy actually, we even emailed the dude who did uh, Dookie. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And and he actually got back to us, but then he he kind of ghosted us after. But he said he would do it. But anyway, so we we just um, we as in Shane emailed this this uh, Jim Toomey guy, yeah. Sherman's Lagoon, and uh, the original idea was, can you do the whole? Can you do all of the art? 
And he's like, you know, uh, and we, we wrote him this big, long thing. Cause obviously, you know, growing up and you see Sherman's Lagoon in the paper. So, so he was, he said, you know, thanks for bestowing me with such an honor. So I'll tell you what, I can't do the artwork, but I'll draw you guys your own ugly fish. And he did it for free. That's awesome. And yeah, it looks like his style too, for sure. Like that, as soon as I saw the name there, I was like, oh, it's gotta be the fish. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so that was that. I mean, it was, that was basically Shane's idea. And it was one of those, like, cause this was kind of near the end, right? It, that was kind of like a cherry on top. It's like, oh man, how, how cool is that? Yeah, you know, it's like, super cool. And especially if he's doing it for free. That's so. even better. Yeah. So what's the best way for people to find, I know we, we, you know, you mentioned it's on Spotify. It's on everywhere else. If someone wants to uh, get in touch with you guys online, what's sort of the best option there? Oh, uh, you know what? Everyone's glued to their damn phones. Go on Instagram. One of, one of us will answer, <laughs> you know? Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, we can hook you up with a coaster if, if you feel so inclined. Awesome. <laughs>